Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm sitting down with author Carl A. Robertson Sr. He has a new book of poems out right now. Carl, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you, and I appreciate being invited. Your book of poetry, it's called Titans of Corruption and Other Poems. Can you tell me about this? Titans of Corruption is a small collection of poems speaking about how I view a variety of indiscretions, inequalities, injustices, racial strife, ostracism, poverty, etc., is being used through what I consider as uh, hidden deceptions created by the wealthy within this nation, which harms all Americans, with uh, African Americans, which I am, being hurt the most and at the greatest statistical level. How did the idea come about to write this and publish this poetry? Well, my, my very first poem was written in 1974. Hmm. That poem was called For I'm a Black Man. And over the years, as I just kept on writing poetry, I created two manuscripts. One was called uh, Once There Was a Rose, which was the first. And the second one was called Titans of Corruption. Titans of Corruption came about because, of, I guess, from our own experiences. Mm. And, and they're finding out through certain things I was dealing with that a lot of people was facing some of the same type of strife that I was facing for no reason other than the fact that they, they stood up or, or spoke out. Now, it might have not been public. It might have been private. But they spoke out. And through those means, there's hidden ways to hurt those individuals. and. That is one reason why Titans of Corruption was written. Mm. What's your background with publishing like? Have you been published before? No, this is really my first uh, published book. Oh, congratulations. Thank what you. would you say would, was the most challenging part about it? Well, <laughs> really, it, there was nothing challenging about it to me. Mm. The point was already there. It's just that even though years ago my manuscript was, uh, had a copyright, for some particular reason, Last year, something just said, look, <laughs> let's, let's publish a book. Mm. I was thinking about publishing Once There Was a Rose, but something kept on pushing me to push Titans of Corruption. And so I wind up taking some points from Once There Was a Rose and some points from Titans of Corruption, the, the manuscripts I had, and combined them and created a new, smaller book, Titans of Corruption, which would be my first published uh, work. That it wasn't challenging. I just that's what I did. Hmm. What I what I believe would be good for people to read and look at and try to have an open mind and understand what is being said. What are the chances that you'll publish again, release more? Well, I'm waiting to see how well Titans of Corruption. But uh, once there was a rose, is already done. As time, I'm, I'm giving myself right now 90 days or 120 days just to see what the progress of, of this particular book is going to be like. And then once I see that, then I will probably make my move again, probably with Fulton Publishers to uh, publish uh, Titans of Corruption. Hmm. So when you got the first book in your hands, that first physical copy, what kinds of things were you feeling? Well, I, I'm a strange individual. 
okay? I, I felt good. I mean, it would be stupid to say that I didn't. But it wasn't my feelings that, I, that, 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 that made me feel good. It was the feeling of my wife, the feeling of my grandkids, my daughter, hmm. nieces and nephews who, who are, who, who's behind me and how proud they were. So, it, you know, the book is written. It's written by me. It's written for other people, hmm. other people like me and other people who want to have an open mind about what's going on within this nation. And so I just feel good that it's out there now. So there are a lot of people out there listening now who also have something they want to release to the world. Uh, what advice could you offer them? Well, I mean, <laughs> as my, my kids would say, do you. What I'm saying is, if you have a dream, just go for it. Mm-hmm. As I said before, I, I, my first poem was written in 1974. <laughs> my first book was going to be published I thought, you know, I was out, I got out the Navy in 1975. So I, I figured my, my, my first book was going to be published at least by about 1980, but that didn't happen. My first book has been published in 2021. So even though, like I said, the points was there, they could have just kept on sitting there, but something said, do this. This is the time now. And I've done it. And I'm not, I didn't allow anything to tell me that what I write and what I believe in should not go out there for other people to see. It's for other people to see. It's for other people to try to understand how things are good within this nation, but also bad within this nation at the same time for no reason, no reason other than bigotry. Mm. Carl, thank you for using your talents and your passion to bring this important message to us. The book is called Titans of Corruption and Other Poems, of course, written by Carl A. Robertson Sr. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books, like on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Carl, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a great time learning about Titans of Corruption and Other Poems, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, sir. Oh, the next next book is a a lot different. (laughs) A lot different. Uh, but, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And any other time. Igniting the Phoenix, book one, is the new book out right now by Alethea Staron. And she's sitting right down here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Alethea, thank you for joining me tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. This book sounds super exciting. Could you tell me all about Igniting the Phoenix, book one? Well, yeah. The first book is part of the seven book series. It's about the makings of a champion. He's already an interdimensional soldier, but first he needs to go undergo his intervention. To undergo his intervention, also known as flipping his whole universe upside down, he meets his new assignment, which is the general's daughter. Now, to understand any storyline about war and victory beyond loss, we need to understand that and remember that in any war, there is love. Love is something that is worth fighting for. So let's go back to the intervention that I previously mentioned. The story shows our beaten down hearted soldier totally lost love. He's lost his family, his brothers, everything, right? So he's finally given up, not much left to hold on to, just barely anything holding him together. So he's drinking himself to death, you know, just cut from the pain. Finally, our soldier is showing late to missions and slipping, you know, into an unapologetic manner. And he is eliminating himself altogether. So what if we were to send our buddy here to work 
And his mission is to secretly undergo intervention in order to remind him that there is something deeper worth fighting for. What if love is able to grow again? What if the love that he begins to feel not only gives him something worth fighting for, but brings him back to who he is to be? The readers see the story in third person as they experience the love you now sense throughout your whole body actually sets you on the path to be a champion that you're destined to be. We all have a path. So the series starts from rock bottom to bring you as a reader into a whole other element of fighting as a champion. Hmm. What a great message you have. How does it feel now? You've done this several times, but getting that first copy in your hands after all that time and, and work you've put into it, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? When I uh, received my first books, I immediately wanted to give them out. You know, that's a pretty normal. I think that's a very normal sensation that you go through. You just can't wait to give it to somebody because I write it to encourage people. And it is a very interesting seven book series. And I'm, I'm excited to get it going. My husband actually took the box that it came in and kind of hid them and said, you're not going to give out my copies. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was like, okay, I need to let it wait for a minute, you know, and I still snuck some out, but <laughs> I love to share the stories because I am an encourager. I, I do believe that we are lacking in this world encouragers. And I can tell the hound dog out of a story, but to show one, it takes a whole other talent. So that's what I bring forth. As far as my art in writing is to show, let you experience a story as a counselor and history and, and uh, ministry and nursing. I love to be able to encourage people and empower people. So that's kind of the feeling I was going through was trying to help. Hmm. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called Igniting the Phoenix, Book One. It's part of the Weapon of War series, and it's written by Alethea Storon. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can buy it everywhere that you shop for your reading material, like at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Alethea, thank you for coming on the show with me here today. I had a really nice time learning about the series and just chatting with you. Well, thank you so much. I'd like to welcome author Charles Chuck Wright to the Reader House Author Roundtable right now. Chuck, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me. You've got a new book out that's called Traumas and Suicide Prevention for Warriors by Warriors. Could you tell me what it's all about? Basically, whether you're a military warrior or somebody like a teacher, a homemaker, you're a warrior. Hmm. You're trying to survive. And so it's it's what they call a guidebook through life so you can overcome your stressors instead of hurting yourself. How did the idea or the inspiration for this book come about? We have about 20, no, 18, 18 combat warriors at the VA clinic here in town. And we were discussing about, about a year and a half to two years ago about the number of veterans committing suicide. Mm. At that time, when we were discussing it, the first of the week, there were 23 committing suicide daily. Wow. And by Thursday or so, there were 27. It was up to 27, 28 daily oh. committing suicide. Oh so we decided we need to do something so that when one feels the stress, what do they do? They have to overcome that stress somehow. So we came up with the fact of sharing our testimonies in a book form so that others can read what we did to overcome the stressors so we would not commit suicide. Makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. 
This seems like something that would take an awful lot of work. Did this take you a long time to do? Well, we had the virus coming along, and then we had the uh, publisher was backlogged. Then the printer was backlogged. So we had some what we call a potholes mm. along the way. The persistence that the men had to get their stressors out to the veterans and to the other people that have stressors, like I mentioned, the teachers, the parents, and anyone that's in kind of a business, whether it's a restaurant manager, they have stressors. And so we kept on going, and, and it took probably around 24 to 30 months from beginning to end because we had to collect these stories and proof them and go over them. Mm. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to publishing? No, nothing as intently as this. About uh, 15 years ago, I put together uh, testimonies that men and women that were treated by a corpsman, a medic, a doctor in the field, and had it not been those medics and corpsmen, they would have, us warriors would have never made it home to our family and loved ones. But that was 15 or 20 years ago, and this was more intent because people committed suicide, and so this was more intent, uh, we felt like. Have you given any thought to maybe writing and publishing again? Well, if the Lord says so, we'll do it, because this was of the Lord, this book, and the way we, it came together, the testimonies and the men and women that came forward. At first, we opened it up just to military personnel, but then some of the uh, non-military people in the church said, well, we have stress also, and what do we do to overcome the stressors? So the only way we're going to do another one is a sequence of more testimonies as we can find them. So what were you feeling? What was going through your head whenever you held that first copy in your hands for the first time? Basically, what was going through my head, kind of, I'm, I was thinking like a military man in combat. Okay, now here's the book. We've got the weapon. We've got the ammunition inside. We've got everything. Now all we have to do is start passing out these books so that people can realize what we did to overcome the stressors. And so far, the reviews that we have received is unbelievable. Chuck, a lot of our listeners have a story, have a message that they want the world to hear and don't know where to go next. Do you have any words of advice for these aspiring authors? The biggest advice that I would offer to them is have a need of something that the public needs Number one, and then start putting the thoughts down in black and white, and then work up a blueprint of what the public needs, society needs. And what we notice is that what society needed was a guidebook to overcome the stressors so that they can survive. And what an important book this is. I encourage everybody listening out there to check it out. It's called Traumas and Suicide Prevention, For Warriors by Warriors. It's written by Charles Chuck Wright, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books, on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Chuck, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for all your hard work on this book. I had a great time talking with you tonight. It was my pleasure. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Mr. McTavish Goes to the Library. It's the new book by Bon Kay, and I'm really happy to be sitting here with the author right now. Bonnie, thank you for joining me tonight. I'm so glad to be here, Corey. Thank you. Could you tell me all about the book Mr. McTavish Goes to the Library? Well, we've targeted three to 10-year-olds, and I think it'll always be enjoyable to have a good story about a dog. 
I think young children are about ready to have another strong dog character in their life. I started the book when Mr. McTavish was my dog who lived almost 12 years. And he loved most people, especially children, as they were drawn closer to his level. But I had an experience a number of years ago where I had gone to a website that was helping to fund school and teachers, things that they weren't getting funding from their budgets in their, in their school systems that they needed for their classes. Hmm. So this one teacher wanted to have something for her class, and I gave her the money for it. And she sent me a great thank you note. It was really nice. And about six months later, I got this envelope that was stuffed with handmade thank you notes from all of her students. Oh. It was so cute and so, so poignant that I would get mm. these thank you notes. Some of them had one word. Some of them had pictures. And she wanted me to choose three of them and then send pictures of them back to her so that they could get the winners. And I just couldn't pick a winner because they were all so great. So I took a poster board and I put them in the circles on the poster board and I put down on top all our winners and I took a picture of me standing in front of this poster board and sent it to her. It was just a great experience that I had loved and I thought that maybe I would take my dog McTavish down to see her one day but then that never came about. When COVID hit I found out that I had a lot of time to myself and decided to start thinking about writing a book about an adventure that I could have had with Mr. McTavish should he have lived. Bringing the character of the Scotty dog just made it fun. When the stories just kept coming and I have dozens of ideas for the series going. Is this the first book you've written or the first time you've been published? Yes, it is. It's really thrilling. Absolutely. How did it feel whenever you got that first one in your hands? Well, in the beginning, because it took so long, it was sort of like, finally. Mm. And then it was incredible. <laughs> mm. I'm sure you learned a lot, too. What words of advice could you give to aspiring authors? Well, I know that a lot of people have a book in their head, and they should probably think about asking friends of questions of the friends and family and stuff like that and see whether they might have some ideas and stuff like that, getting that idea. And then go to the websites that have publishers and talk to some people in the publishers like I did. I checked them out on the Better Business Bureau first. <laughs> Very wise. And most people can probably start writing something and, and see how it goes. I've had other people that have said they've had a book in their head for cooking in some way. And also one fella had a famous golfer who he knew and he had an adventure that he'd like to write about him. So that would be interesting, too, I think, to a lot of people. The illustrations are so important in children's books. What was that process like for you, getting the visuals in tune with what your vision was for the book? Well, having no experience with the illustrators and stuff like that, it was an experience, especially in the Mr. McTavish character on Scotty dogs. Scotties are different than just regular terriers type of dogs. They have a lot more hair, fuzzy and stuff like that. Mm. So it took a while with the illustrators to get the Scotty dog down just right. But it was a good experience. That's fantastic. What are the chances that you'll be doing this again, maybe writing another book? Well, as a matter of fact, my second book in the series called Mr. McTavish Goes to the Hospital is in print right now. And I'm going to be working with the illustrators shortly to start my third book, Mr. McTavish Goes to the Community Park. That's wonderful. Looking forward to those. Often writers also love to read. Uh, are you a big reader yourself? I do like to read. I like uh, mysteries, but not horror type of things. And I like fun stories, romance, of course, and comedy. Well, I encourage our listeners to check this out. It's called Mr. McTavish Goes to the Library. It's written by Bon Kay. It's published by Fulton Books. 
and you can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material, like at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Bonnie, thank you again for being here on the show tonight. I had a really nice time talking. Thank you, Corey. I've enjoyed it a lot. Who is God? The Problem with Man. It's the new book by J.I. Rowe, and I'm really happy to be talking with the author, Josh, here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Josh, thanks for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. Could you tell me what your book, Who is God, is all about? Well, it is uh, basically an introduction to God. Hmm. I go through the different parts of God. I talk about God the Father. I talk about Jesus, and I talk about the Holy Spirit, and uh, I provide different names that each of them are different um, called in the Bible and what their meanings are. And I also give some background to them. And I also say how God has impacted on my life. It's divided into um, four parts. Uh, each part, uh, there's three parts, one for each of the Godhead and uh, one for how the Holy Spirit has worked on my life and uh, um, shows you how you can, how it can, uh, you can achieve the same thing uh, by following suit. Where did the inspiration or the idea for this come about? Uh, it came about a couple of years ago. In 2020, I really uh, got down and uh, dirty and writing the book um, heavily. And uh, God was uh, really putting it on my heart to get, um, put it out there because Christians, they are uh, we are all in the state of apostasy uh, that we don't realize. And God wanted me to bring us back and center focus on him and his word and to show people that he's there waiting for them just to uh, get to know him. And I probably wouldn't have done it without the help of Tozer and his book, The Crucified Life and mm -hmm. the Dangers of a Shallow Faith. Some fantastic inspiration there. Yeah. Have you ever done anything like this before? Have you ever written or been published? I've never been published before. I have written for school, but nothing uh, that has been published. I wish I could find a book I wrote for a class project when I was in Bible school that was a story, the flood of Noah's day, and it was from the viewpoint of a wolf cub. It was a class project of mine and it ended up being like 28 pages long, but I can't seem to locate it, unfortunately, because I would love to have it published. Yeah, it's quite a milestone to get your first book out there on shelves. How did it feel whenever you got that first copy in your hands? It was uh, something else to like, I, like I was looking forward uh, to receiving the uh, books uh, in the mail. Uh, they sent me 10 books and I had family waiting to get their hands on them as well as friends. And I only have like two books left that I haven't given away. And it was, it was a whole different feeling. It was a good sense of accomplishment. Now with Who is God, uh, what sorts of readers were you targeting? Mainly Christians that are both in the faith and has, have been in the faith for a while, as well as uh, new believers and possibly even those who are uh, not sure yet and they want to get to know God. Because um, like I said, it's, it's, it's a good introduction, but it helps, it gives you some, um, some meat rather than uh, the milk. It provides, uh, that uh, Paul talks about, uh, he gives people milk, but it also, I feel like it provides you something to really chew on, to think about. I've had a couple of people tell me it's a little bit controversial even because of what I have put in there. But one thing I've learned is that biblical Christianity isn't popular and popular Christianity isn't biblical. And so I'm trying to bring people out of the popular Christianity and into biblical Christianity. Now, Josh, I have a feeling you might have another book or two in you. Have you thought about writing more? 
I have thought about um, writing more. Right now, I uh, have to uh, focus on uh, paying off my debt, though, and uh, I've been doing a lot of reading myself and uh, finding inspiration with uh, great authors such as uh, D. Thomas Lancaster mm-hmm. and Mark Kinzer. I've been trying to really get clear understanding of scripture from the perspective of the people that wrote it. Mm. So I'm trying to uh, learn more and uh, hopefully I'll be able to pass on what I've learned into another book so that other people can uh, learn what I've learned. But I also have, um, I, put, I put most of what I learned onto my own TikTok page as well. There are a lot of aspiring authors listening right now. Uh, what words of advice could you give them? Well, I'll uh, say take your time with it. It's a long process. It takes a lot of editing and re-editing and takes patience to wait for the uh, people that uh, your publisher to uh, edit it. It takes a long time. One thing I learned is that it's uh, good to have patience and to uh, go through it and make sure you review the edit. I was in a rush to have it hit the shelves. I didn't always proofread everything that I've written there. So there are a couple of mistakes in the book, but I'm fine with it because the more I still feel like God's message is put through in the book. Well, if you're looking to have more of God in your life, then check this book out. It's called Who is God? The Problem with Man, written by J.I. Rowe and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Josh, thank you again for coming on the show. I had a really nice time learning about who is God and just had a great time talking with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to do so. I'm sitting down right now with author Dr. Brendel Thomas Francis. Brendel, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Thank you. You have a new book out. It's called Snippets. You're looking to give readers an incentive and a drive to get up according to God's purpose. So could you tell me more about it? Well, Snippets is about an engaging encounters, episodes, biographies, escapes, a collection of inspired messages to help one hear from God. Where did you get the idea to write this? It was by a word of knowledge. My life experiences, it was a collection of ideas, just inspired to help people hear God speak to them today. Hmm. Have you done this kind of thing before? Have you written or been published? Uh, No, this is my first time being published. Wow, congratulations. Did this take you a long time to work on and get out there? Uh, No, it took about eight months. So how did it feel then after that time and all the hard work that went into it to get that first copy in your hands? What were you feeling? Well, when I first got the copy in my hand, I just looked at the cover. I had an awe, silent moment. It was thrilling, very thrilling to actually see it available. Hmm. Now, having gone through that, do you have any words of advice that you could offer to aspiring authors? I would just let them know to enjoy the journey, share the journey of writing. Do you plan on writing more? Have you given that more thought? Oh, yes, I have. There's a book in progress right now. I have a collection of just ideas. I have, you know, a scrapbook of possibilities of just writing more. That's fantastic. When you're writing, do you ever hit writer's block and what do you do about it? Well, this is my first book, so I didn't hit writer's block because I had a collection of stored information. So I was ready to do this. I was persuaded to just sit down and share, share what God was still speaking to the people today. 
I think I can safely assume that the Bible is part of your regular reading. Is there any other literature that you find yourself going to for motivation or inspiration? Well, I like all kinds of literature. I'm an avid reader. I'm just interested in a, a lot of material that's out there. Were there people in your life that knew you were doing this, knew you were writing this and taking this project on and could be sources of motivation or inspiration to you? Well, my motivation was my brothers, James and John, and it just was something to do. My life journey helped me to focus on, I need to share this, what God is saying at this particular time because of the things and situations going on in the world. Did you have a certain group of readers in mind when you were writing it? Oh, my targeted readers were those that just need encouragement. That's pretty much all of us, indeed. We all could use some encouragement from time to time. Yes. So now that you're a published author, what would you say the most rewarding part of it is for you? Well, the most rewarding part was Christian Faith Publishing, the, what they, the team, how they encouraged me to go forth and to do it. I really felt good about it. What would you say was the most challenging part of the whole process for you? The challenging part is just doing it. Just have to get all the encouragement, just actually doing it. And then once I made that decision to follow through, everything else is, is just history. Now, do you have any final words for our listeners about snippets? Well, it's a short read. It's also geared to those that want something quick, want something inspiring. If they just get past the cover, and get into what God is saying to them it is very rewarding, very enlightening. And that way they will get up and go doing what God wants them to do in their life. I believe in divine destiny. And I believe that if they get into it, they can hear what God wants them to do. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called Snippets. It's written by Dr. Brendel Thomas Francis, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for books like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Brendel, thank you again for joining me tonight on the show. I had a nice time talking about snippets and a nice time chatting with you. Thank you for having me. God bless. The grips of addiction can lead to chaos, and author John Perlow is no stranger to that. He's written a book all about it called A Drug-Fueled Life, The Bird, the Frog, and the Boss. I'm really happy that John is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. John, thank you for being here tonight. You're most welcome. Can you tell me all about your book, A Drug-Fueled Life? Well, I actually started writing about 10, 12 years ago just with, you know, poems, and uh, my local paper started publishing them, so it kind of gave me the confidence to continue writing. This particular book, uh, A Drug Fuel Life, is kind of like, like a hodgepodge of different writings of mine. Basically, it encompasses sort of the uh, chaos and the consequences, at least that I went through struggling with addiction. It pretty much talks about the struggles that you go through trying to get yourself free of being a slave. It's a book that really is kind of like three books in one. The first book that I actually wrote is the middle portion of the book, which was originally titled On the Road Again to Camp Nova. And that's when I went to a treatment facility in Austin, Texas. And that sort of is like a little bit like a travel journal. Hmm. 
And then the second portion of the book that I wrote was when I returned from Texas and I wrote, the book ends on like a memoir of being from the Jersey Shore. I decided I would write like my memories of growing up and going to see Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band back in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And that's actually kind of where I first experimented with drugs, but that's no fault of Bruce, but... <laughs> So that's kind of where the book wraps up with. And then the beginning portion of the book is a collection of short stories of when I was battling addiction and alcoholism and going into uh, rehabs and, and detoxes and just trying to get myself clean. Wow. It kind of ends to the, the first portion. I went to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And for me, the writing really was a great exercise as far as taking my mind off urges and cravings to use. And so when I went to Philadelphia, I um, started taking my meals out at different places in town. So I did like a little exercise and just writing about the different restaurants that people were telling me about. Hmm. And I had harbored a little bit of a notion that maybe it could be like a small book, but I ran out of money. So, <laughs> so it's it's kind of like a, a hodgepodge of different stuff. There's a lot of humor in the book, I think, because uh, sometimes you need humor sometimes to combat some of the uh, craziness of it. Mm -hmm. But hopefully people that are familiar with addiction or recovery and, you know, there's a lot in our country since the opiate epidemic and actually there's also a crystal meth epidemic mm -hmm. going on as well but it should resonate with anybody familiar with that or a loved one are there any words of advice that you could offer to the aspiring authors who are listening sure always have a pen and a piece of paper on you and when you do have different ideas that come through you just try to jot them down like just different notes or so. And then what I would do a lot of times when I wrote the material about Texas was that I would just make like little different notes. And then later on that night, you know, I would start to write and, you know, knock out two or three pages just on different things that happened throughout the day, just to remember it. And really not to get discouraged. It's a, it's a long, long, grueling process, but it can also be very exhilarating when you get it done. Mm -hmm. John, thank you for using your talents to tell your story and to help others. The book is called A Drug-Fueled Life, The Bird, the Frog, and the Boss. It's written by John Perlow, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play, as well as down the street at your local bookshop. Well, John, thanks again for joining me here on the show. I had a really nice time talking with you. Likewise, Corey. You have a nice fall. Here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Jane Woods. Jane, thank you for being here with me tonight. Well, thank you. You've just put out a new book. It's called If Only Love, A Search for True Love Amidst Abuse and Betrayal, and you've written it under the pen name Jaylene Haynes. So can you tell us all what this is about? Well, it starts out as uh, child abuse, which then transgresses into domestic violence as an adult and also parental alienation. It covers all those different aspects of emotional pain and difficulty, but throughout the book, my main premise was that I could not have done this without the Lord guiding me. Hmm. 
Did you have certain groups of readers in mind whenever you wrote this? I did. Other people that have walked this path, primarily other women, although I realize that child abuse is not limited to the female gender, but according to psychologists, more often than not, it is the females that deal with the child abuse and also the domestic violence. Where did the inspiration come from to write this? Early on when I began counseling in my 20s, I had counselors that were astounded that I had been able to overcome these challenges and keep such a upbeat and positive attitude about my life. And as the domestic violence increased, I continued to have encouragement from my Christian counselors to write about this and share my story because it covered every element of my life. They said, there isn't just one area of your life that's a challenge, but it's been all of it. You weren't loved by your parents. Now you have a husband that doesn't love you. And then I've had the difficulty with my children because of the parental alienation. Mm. Did it take you a long time to write and publish If Only Love? Yes, it did. It took me quite a while. I began blogging about eight or nine years ago, and I would blog on some of the situations that came in my life, as well as just daily happenings, daily events, uplifting situations. But to sit down and write this as a memoir, it took me a good solid year of writing diligently every day to put it together as a book and not just snippets of my life. Have you ever done anything like this before, write a book or publish? I've had some articles published. I've written devotions. I've also written some inspirational short stories, but I have never written a book. This was a challenge. It took me longer than I anticipated, but I'm very pleased that it's finally it's a completed work. Mm -hmm. When you got that first copy in your hands after all that hard work and all that time, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? I think it was relief, a relief to know that I I finally was able to tell my story and to have it available to be a ministry and an inspiration to other people. Mm. Could you offer any words of advice now for aspiring authors? Well, I don't know, because I think you have to have the great desire to write, and certainly all the conferences and the workshops that I've attended They always say you have to write what you know about. Mm. And I do know that there are many authors out there that write wonderful articles and books on subject matter that they might not have been that familiar with. But what I've been informed to be most successful, you have to be able to write about those experiences you've really had or you really understand. So I think that's how I was able to write my story because I lived it. Mm. Have you given any thought to maybe writing another book and pursuing more publishing? I've thought about it, but I'm going to see where this takes me because I'm really wanting to use this book as a ministry. But I certainly have thought about it because I could take any of those individual subjects, the child abuse, domestic violence, or even the parental alienation, and I could focus a book on just that one topic. This is certainly a book with a fantastic story and a wonderful message, and thank you, Jane, for writing it. It's called If Only Love, A Search for True Love Amidst Abuse and Betrayal. It's written by Jane Woods under the pen name Jaylene Haynes, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing.
You can find this everywhere you shop for books at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Jane, thanks again for coming on the show here tonight. I had a wonderful time learning about your book. It was just great talking. Thank you. One with God. It's the new book by K.R. Snook and Jimmy Gammon, and I'm really happy that one of the co-authors, Karen, is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Karen, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Could you tell me what One with God is all about? Absolutely. The way I describe it is that it's basically a self-help book designed to help one along on their own spiritual journey to connect with God on a more personal level. It's a way to begin to look at the world and others through God's perspective. It does include suggestions on how you can learn to love others as God loves us. Hmm. What sort of target readership did you have in mind for this? I believe that it can benefit everyone. I think that it's probably more designed for those who are struggling to find a complete connection with God. Hmm. I understand you co-authored this with Jimmy Gammon. What was that relationship like? Well, Jimmy was a lifelong friend. We were we grew up together. He always had a love of writing, and it was not exactly something I saw in my future. So when this whole opportunity presented itself, I incorporated him because he is way more talented with the words. And he basically just gave me the confidence, and he helped me with the wording. He added a lot of his own little anecdotes and just helped make the book a whole lot more fun. Is this the first time you've done anything like this? Absolutely. Wow. Congratulations on getting your first book out there. It's a huge accomplishment. What was the most challenging part of it all? I actually didn't really expect, like when it, when the whole thing, the concept came to me, I hadn't even considered writing a book. And so it kind of literally unfolded very slowly before I kind of put together, this is going to be a book. So I don't really think there was a lot of challenges for me. And my biggest ones were as I said, the reason why I had incorporated Jimmy into it was that I didn't think that my words came across as very intelligent or, you know, I just needed a little help with being able to express myself on paper a little bit better. But honestly, I took it as a it was a journey. I didn't allow myself to get too stressed about it, and I just let it unfold as it did. Was this a long journey for you? Did it take a while to do? Probably from the, the day I decided it was going to be a book till the day I contacted a publisher with two-thirds of it. It was about 11 months or about a 10 month process. Mm -hmm. And then once I got accepted that they would publish it, then it took me another month to get it cleaned up enough that, it, you know, I was ready to send it to editing. So the whole from start to it going to editing and going to them was about 11 months. And then when you got that first copy in your hands after all that time and hard work, what were you feeling? Disbelief. <laughs> Still doesn't quite seem real to me. I'm very proud. I'm very excited about it. It's a very small, little, easy read, a fun read. It's not something anybody needs to set aside, you know, a week to do. But yeah, that moment, the first box came in <laughs> and I saw it like concrete. It was um, surreal and very, like I said, I still kind of don't feel like it's all real, but it was a very proud moment for me. Mm. Would you do it again? Have you considered maybe writing another? I actually have two in the making. One is in print now. And so it's about two and a half months before 
being released, and it's a little series. It's going to, the second one's called Armed with God, and then the third one I just submitted to the publishers, you know, as a whole. So that's still, you know, a little ways off. But that concept became kind of clear at the end of number one that this wasn't going to be an only book. You know, it just seems to fit to have a little connection going on with it. I felt like the message was brought to me, and it's a message that the world needs right now so much. It's just to, to begin to learn to love others and accept others and just allow yourself to let go of the stuff that hurts you and holds you back. And I believe that's a lot of the reason people are still so judgmental, because they have their own issues and their own personal grievances that they deal with. So it's just an ongoing challenge. It's an ongoing self-help situation, I guess, if you will, with the books. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called One with God. It's written by K.R. Snook and Jimmy Gammon. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can buy this everywhere that you pick up your reading material, like at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Karen, thank you again for joining me on the show tonight. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you so much, Corey, for having me. I appreciate it, and I look forward to visiting you again when my next book comes out. Rock, Roll, and Espionage, an exhilarating ride. It's the new book by Tammy Rothermill, titled More. I'm really happy that Tammy is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Tammy, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. It's wonderful to talk to you. Could you tell me what your book More is all about? More introduces small-town Nikki to sizzling rock sensation Grant Henderson. Their romance comps the reader a behind-the-scenes pass to all the excesses of love and life of a rock idol. Along the way, Nikki ignites her own singing career as she garners the intention of not only a mysterious stranger, but also Espionage's infamous agency. How did the idea for this book come about? Oh, it's been bubbling up in my my head for years, and I just had to get it down. How long were you working on it? I have more is the beginning of a four book series, and it's taken me about three years. How far are you into the remaining three now? Book two is totally finished. Book three, I have to finesse some timelines, and book four is probably about 75% done. Hmm. What's your writing background like? Have you ever done anything like this before? Throughout school and all that, we used to, for recess, write little plays to be acted out and that type of thing. But to seriously write a novel, nope. I just sort of, that just sort of came. Congratulations. It's a huge milestone to get your first novel out there. It's such a, a big deal. And I'm sure you learned a lot along the way. What advice could you give to aspiring authors? Oh, <laughs> yes, I did. Advice would be never feel guilty or take the time that you need to daydream and to mm-hmm. think and, and don't ever feel guilty about doing that because that's, that's the creative process. That's where the juices flow. And that process, I find, is as important as putting pen to paper. Mm. After all that work and time that you put into this, what were you feeling and and what was going through your mind whenever you were holding that first copy of the book in your hands? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I can only compare that to giving birth. Mm. The work and the breathing life into the characters and into the scenes 
when you're holding that published work in your hand, it's like holding your child for the first time. Uh, this is certainly an exciting plot that you have here and more. Uh, what kind of readers were you aiming for? Actually, everybody. It's not your typical romance or chick lit. In fact, one of my most favorite reviews came from a construction worker whose wife had bought the book and he saw it laying around while he was waiting for the Suns game to come on. So he picked up the book and he never saw the game. <laughs> wow. And when he finished the book, he, he felt so compelled by the book that he actually sat down and wrote me a note to let me know that. That's wonderful. Did you have any people in your life who knew you were taking this on and could offer inspiration or motivation along the way? Besides my husband, who was a constant source of inspiration and motivation, the other one was Elliston Trevor. Elliston Trevor used to write under the pen name of Ellery Queen. Hmm. And he was a personal friend, and he kept in inspiring me and encouraging me. A lot of times, the writers are the ones who also love to read the most. Uh, how much reading do you do? Whenever I'm not working seriously on writing, I try to pick up a book. Is there any specific genre that you're drawn to? I actually like action and adventure. I try very hard not to read my own genre mm. because I want my ideas to remain fresh and original. So I, I don't read romance. Well, I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called More, written by Tammy Rothermel and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere that you shop for books, like at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Tammy, thank you for joining me here again tonight. I had a really nice time learning about More and had a nice time chatting with you. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed our time together, too. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 